Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. And I, you kind of get to see behind the scenes a little bit all the things that has to happen to pull off an effective worship service. You know, if you think about it, back um, probably several months ago, the idea of this discipleships came to the pastor's mind. So he began to formulate uh, how this service would look, the scripture, and so on. God was laying on his heart this. So this started several months ago. And then as the time gets closer and closer, there's just a lot of things that have to happen. If you think about the scripture, uh, I'm getting a lot of noise here. Everybody hear that? Is it irritating everybody like it's irritating me? Oh, I was second yes, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Do I need to do anything? Yeah. Just another example. I'm the only I'm the only one on. <laughs> Sorry, I won't go there. <laughs> oh, um, so if you think about all the, the preparation that goes on, even with the worship music, putting the music together, getting all this together. You think about the parking staff outside, they got to get all this preparation going on. But can you imagine what it would be like if we just said, we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and we're going to come in at 7.30 and we're going to do whatever God lays us on our heart. It sounds like a good theory, right? Sounds like something maybe you should think about. I don't simply think God works that way. <laughs> And I really don't think God works that way when it comes to us called to be disciples, to go out into the world, to work with other people. I think if you look at the example of Jesus Christ and you think about the energy and his passion that he poured into those 12 disciples and the, and the, and the, and the things that he did to make absolutely sure that when he departed the world that he left those 12 people very, very prepared to do what he had called them to do, and that was for them to go out and make disciples. And I think God has called us as Christians to be the same way. He has called us to be prepared so that when we go out and we meet that person, when we go out and we feel this yearning to minister to a certain group of people, that we're prepared to do that. So today you're going to hear some things going on or some, some opportunities within day three. And, and if you'll back me toward the end of the service, you're going to go, wow, I didn't realize all this was going on here. But you're going to hear a lot of opportunities and, and ministries that are going on within our church that gives you the opportunity to be prepared so that when you go out into the world and you go out there and you have this calling that says, or you answer the calling because as Christians, we're all called to be disciples. So when you answer that calling, that you're prepared to do that. You know, as I was thinking last week and, and the pastor had asked me to kind of lead in some, uh, to lead the service to coordinate basically is what I've been doing. I kind of went to it and I thought about, wow, what about some scripture that may go along this? That, that not only gives the example of how Jesus poured his life into those 12, but give us evidence that Jesus is there with us during discipleship. And I went to, go ahead and go to the next slide. I went to the scripture and it really goes into Mark 6. So if you want to turn there in your Bible, if you want to read along on the screen, if you want to go to your Bible app uh, there to do that, then it's fine. But this story has to go with, is in Mark 6, 45 through 51. It says, immediately he uh, made 
his disciples, made his disciples, get into the boat and go before him to the other side. So just to give you a little bit of background, what's going, you know, they had been in the crowds. And if you think about Jesus and his performing his miracles and the crowds were going pretty much crazy, if you can imagine. But it wasn't only that. They thought the king had come, the earthly king had come. So there was just this mass chaos going on. And then Jesus, thinking about this chaos going on, had decided to do what he normally did, and that was to say, I- I've got to get away from this, and I've got to take care of my people, that being those 12 people he was discipling. So he got with me, he went before, <clears throat> to go to the, I'm sorry, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to, <clears throat> to Bethsaida, where he dismissed the crowd. And after that, he had taken leave of them, and he went upon the mountain to pray. And when, and <clears throat> when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. So disciples out on the sea, he was alone in the land praying. And he saw that they were making he- some headway painfully, for the wind was against them, very much what's, what's coming today. And about the fourth watch of the night, this is, you know, getting close to dawn, so this is three, four, five o'clock in the morning, uh, he was... <clears throat> He came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they saw him and they were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them. The wind ceased and they were utterly astonished. So if you think about this instance going on here and, and, and Jesus doing it, there were a couple of things that really came to mind to me. Uh, next slide. If you think about it, there, Jesus always has a boat for us to departure. If you, if you think about what was going on here, the first thing Jesus did, the chaos is going on in the crowd. Jesus said, okay, it's time. We've got to get away. I've got to take care of my people. So the first thing he asked him to do, he took care of his people. So he was very, very concerned about his twelve. He got those 12 in the boat, got them taken care of, and said, you guys go, go. Now, Jesus being God, he kind of knew the storms was coming. Matter of fact, he may have caused the storm to come. So it wasn't only he was concerned, but he was also getting ready to teach them a lesson. And again, I think that's true with us. We should always be concerned about our people that we're discipling, but we also should take every single opportunity to teach them a lesson of what's going on. Next slide. You know, it says in there that they were making headway very, very painfully for the winds was against them. You know, I think about when we were doing discipleship and we're ministering to people and we're, we're, we're doing what God has called us to be, there will always be winds against us. There will always be those things that are battle. As a matter of fact, if you are questioning whether I'm in God's will or not, I can tell you, if the winds are not against it, then you're going with the wind, and that's probably not the direction you need to go. <laughs> so there will be, unquestionably, there will be, there will be winds, and there will be with seas, and there will be rough times. But keep in mind, God is there. Next slide. <clears throat> the other thing that I caught, and I really didn't pick up on this until I read it in detail, you know, God, Jesus had went there, he'd went there to pray, but it also says, after he went there, he taking leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray, and he saw. You know, Jesus was not only praying, not only praying for his 12, as we should do, but he didn't take his eyes off of them either. 
If you think about the love of Jesus and the love he had and the concern he had for those 12 people, they were out there in a storm. They were in trouble. He didn't bow his head you know, and immerse himself in prayer and take his eyes off of him. He immersed himself in prayer, and he also kept watch on his people. So again, I think this is a great example for us. As we disciple and we're thinking about people that we're ministering to, to think about, hey, absolutely, 100%, we need to be praying for them, but don't take your eyes off of them. And to also think about, too, when you're in these storms, when you're, wa- you know, you're getting washed around, God is there watching. Hold comfort that he's there and he saw him just like he did there. Next slide. You know, then it says about the fourth hour, so late at night, <clears throat> he came walking on the sea. I can tell you that it doesn't matter. And you're going, to hear, you're going to hear some stories and some ministry opportunities for people who are really, really struggling with the winds and the storms of the sea. And you're going to hear some opportunities and people of, of, for all of them. For, and you're going to be ministering to people whose life, quite honestly, is a wreck. And they're battling and they're facing some heavy, heavy storms. But I can guarantee you from the scripture to say there's not a storm out there that Jesus can't walk on. There's not a storm, there's not wind strong enough to conquer our Savior, Jesus Christ. So no matter what wind we're in, no matter what storm we're in, there it's Jesus Christ is right there. Walk on the water. He come out, and then what happens next? Next slide. But when he saw them walking on the sea, <clears throat> they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they saw him and were terrified. But immediately spoke to him and take heart and said, Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat, and what? The wind ceased. All is calm. Jesus Christ is there with you. He can calm the storms. And he always, always, always has a boat (laughs) for you to get in to calm the storms and to ride the seas out. Today, you're going to hear several opportunities for you to participate, for you to get in so that you are prepared for when you go out into the world to disciple others. Again, it doesn't matter what aspect of your life. It doesn't matter, I don't think, if you're called to be a leader within the community and you're well-spoken well or if you're, if you're a one-on-one person. One-on-one discipleship, group, it doesn't matter. Each and every one of us as Christians unquestionably are called to be disciples. So today you're going to hear a lot of opportunities about how you can get involved in church, how you can get involved in these other activities at our church that will enable you to be able to disciple and to go out and disciple others uh, within our community. So Bill Hartley's first. Bill's come up. Bill is over our men's ministry, so he's going to share just a little bit about that opportunity to get involved in that. Good morning. Glad y'all are here today. Uh, the, the boat that I am extremely fortunate enough and blessed to be able to help steer is the men's ministry. We revamped that and uh, got it rolling again last year, just in time for the tornadoes to hit. And uh, we were put to the test real quick, and we were able to get going uh, I just want to give you just a little background or maybe just an immediate challenge. I want you to think right now, and uh, this is for all of us. What are you when it comes to being involved in what God has you being involved in, whether it's anything, what I'm going to talk about, what all the others are going to talk about, but are you a consumer 
always taking something in from everything you participate in or you producer. Uh, if you go with me to Mark chapter 10, and verse, starting at verse 41, we read uh, up before that where two of Jesus' disciples were asking him to sit at the right and left hand of him in glory. And Jesus very quickly, very lovingly pointed out to them that uh, what they were asking for was of the world and not what he wanted them to do. I'm going to go down to start verse 43, but it must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. It's, it's uh, very important as the leader of uh, the men's ministry, that's one of our goals. That's really about our only goal is simply put men of all ages. And, and I want to pause there for just a minute uh, to really, really, really invite men of all ages. I see more youth in this group than the first service. Uh, you're invited. We want to teach you uh, church service and serving in the name of the Lord. Uh, you say, well, I'm too old. Nah. Will, uh, who usually helps us on all kinds of projects, goes to the first service. Will is, I think, about 80 and usually works us under. Uh, one of our last projects, we were up in the back of a truck. I wasn't. I was down on the ground throwing brush up. Will says, I can get up there and stomp that brush down for you. He was up there showing us how it's done. And the good thing about that is it it's involves fellowship. And so Will, while he's stomping brush, is sharing words of wisdom. So there's nobody too young and there's nobody too old. So we want to have you. But uh, we meet regularly. We pray together. We fellowship together. And we serve our church and our community with just about anything from lots of wood and tree cutting Brush cutting, construction projects, yard work, junk hauling, uh, yard work, setting up a thrift store, service of any kind. Uh, God gives us many projects to serve. It's a great chance to fellowship. It's a great chance to practice your discipleship. One of the things that I'm, I'm really stressing is that our guys look for those opportunities to share with people. Uh, we went to actually a conversation evangelism thing about how many opportunities God shows us and gives us that we pass up to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have those opportunities. Uh, people begin to listen only when they know how much you really care. And we do that through service. I'm going to pause just a minute and let Davey come up. He wants to share just a word about what being in our group means to him. Davey. Good morning. I'd like to say that the uh, men's ministry has been a real blessing to me. Not only the, the fellowship that Bill's talking about in the ministry in our church and the ministry in our community, but it's been a great chance to meet other men in the church. I know we come to church on Sunday. We come in. We sit in a normal spot. We shake the normal hands during fellowship, and then we leave. So we really don't know each other. 
But this men's ministry has really given me a chance to meet men in the church and to make some very special friends that I would not have made until I joined the men's ministry. So Bill's done a great job getting us up and going. We've got a lot of opportunities in the, in the uh, in our church and in the community. And it doesn't take a lot of time. Like Bill said, it's all ages, all capabilities. You can come and, like uh, I think Sandy mentioned, pass out water. Uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're under uh, some restriction for physically, but we can sure use all men to not only fellowship and to do the, God's work, but we can meet each other and and uh, get to know each other. If you come to join us, you'll know we call Davy our tractor man. He uh, hauls around a really nice Kubota. And this just shows of the unselfishness of all our guys that are members or join or help us. And he unloads that thing and uses it at free will. Uh, pretty cool. It's a it's it's been a great tool for us. Also, um, we we have lots of opportunity, and uh, you never know what God is going to put in front of you. And a lot of times, people will begin to thank us for what we're doing. And and it seems like our motto is, "Hey, we're really." All we're doing is doing what God wants us to do. Um, the best example of this is our, I'll call this our long-standing continual mission project. Uh, right after the storms hit, we were up in the area here in Granite Falls, and, and uh, Nancy had helped us locate several homes that were just, I mean, hit hard. One of them is a man's name, Sonny. You've heard that name mentioned, hey, we're going to meet at Sonny's today. And people are going, well, where did that new restaurant get opened up? And, this is a man's house. And uh, Sonny lives by himself. His wife has uh, uh, been gone for several years. Uh, another loved one that he was uh, with died suddenly, and then this storm hit. Uh, Sonny was devastated. Sonny was not in a real good frame of mind. And I know the second full-time day we went to start work, hopefully, on his house, we had been warned, says, we don't know if Sonny's going to let you work at his house or not. And if you remember going by 321A through Granite Falls, you saw several houses that you couldn't see because of the trees. Sonny's was one of those. And uh, Nancy, one of the ladies in the women's ministry, uh, went up on the porch with me. And I, one of my gifts uh, come, that God has given me, especially in law enforcement, working with schools, school resource officer, is the... Ability to diffuse hostile people, okay? And so we went up on the door and knocked, and Sonny came kind of reluctantly, to be honest with you. Told him what we were there to do, if he would allow us to do, and, and that we would be praying for him. And he stopped me right quick, and he says, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear any preaching. I've had all these people come by wanting to pray for me and do this and do that. I don't want to hear it. I said, Sonny, all we're going to do is work for you if you'll allow us to do it. So that's all we're going to do. We're going to love you. He said, all right, you go ahead and do what you want to do. So we started, and that was in October. We've gone almost every month, every two weeks, sometimes weekly, and have continued to work there. Through the relationship that you build by being in that discipleship boat is we're assured now of Sonny's salvation, we hear him talk and tell us about how much he loves us now, how much he, <laughs> praise the Lord, how, how much he loves us, 
how much uh, we have a we have a bantering back and forth with each other. What's the deal, Sonny? You pray for us, we pray for you. We walk in on him at any moment just to check on him. We bring him breakfast sometimes during the day. Davey may check on him on Tuesday. Joey Finley may check on him on Thursday. Uh, now our next project will be, we'll steer, we'll, we are still getting wood up in his yard, but we're going to be mowing his yard now because he, he has nobody to mow his yard. It's the relationship. He didn't give a rip about what we had to say until he knew what, that we were there for the right reason. It's kind of like, um, you know, Jesus wanted men uh, to step out. He was looking for men of action, but the actions that he calls us to do are simple daily tasks that others need help with. Uh, you know, we, we have a good time. We laugh a lot. We, we fellowship a lot. Uh, sometimes when it's just small group or even large group, our biggest decision of the day is where we're going to have lunch. Uh, but in those lunches, we have fellowship time. We have prayer time with each other. We support each other. Um, I want to invite you. We meet regularly every second Saturday of the month, unless something comes up, and I'll let you know a month ahead. Right here at church, Chef Dan prepares us a, a cool breakfast. We have prayer, a devotion, uh, and then we go out, either one, two, or three projects. And other times we go out other days, but we try to do it on the second Saturday of the month. So you have no excuse. Uh, Come on, jump in our boat. We'd love to have you. Thank you all. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) You know, the next thing we're going to talk about, in my opinion, is one of the the most important uh, ways that you can become discipled and prepared to go out into the world. Um, and this has to do with, I have to look up here at life groups. I always come from focus groups, small groups, home teams. Uh, it's referred to as many things. Uh, Angie and I, this is my wife Angie, by the way. Uh, by the way, this is my wife. <laughs> it <wasn't, laughs> it's okay. Um, <clears throat> when we started, Angie and I were our, I guess, charter members. We, we were at the beginning of day three. And, and one of the focuses and the things that really drew us to day three was the concept of small groups. If you want to guys notice, we don't have Sunday school here, which is pretty traditional for Southern Baptist Church. And the reason why we don't is because we believe at day three that the way you're, you're not there's anything against Sunday school, but we believe for us that the way that you can really disciple and get into the Word and develop relationships and prepare you to go out in the world is for a more intimate relationship with each other. And that word intimate may freak you out just a little bit, but I, but I, but each and every one who are involved in small group and have had those stories, I guarantee you, you understand what it's like to be, to be discipled and out in the world. So we've got a few we want to share. And by the way, if you're thinking about, Hey, write this down, uh, about when do these teams meet, Brandy will be sending out an email after this, to let you know when all these groups meet, who's a leader, who you can contact, and all that times goes on. So the thing you need to do about that is if you're not on the day three share, if you're not receiving those emails, make sure you take your connection card, put your email address on there so that you'll get that information. Back to life groups. Uh, You're going to hear a little bit of a testimony, a little bit of sharing about each and every one of the life groups. 
So uh, Angie and I have been leading a life group since day one at day three. So it's just a very impactful, good thing about, uh, about the ministry, if you want to share about our group. Our group meets on Sunday nights. Sorry. Our group meets on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. Um, we are almost done. Actually, we're going to have um, our... We've got two more left. Um, but we are studying the power of God's name. And it's kind of funny because almost all our songs today was talking about the names of God. Um, and, uh, but what we do, we meet sometimes together, sometimes separate. Um, the women meet separate from the men sometimes, actually most of the time with ours. It's open to anybody. We do not have childcare, so that is a limitation for us. Um, but I just wanted to share a little bit of what kind of discipleship and digging into the word and, and study means, um, we, the study of God's name, one of the ones that we spent actually three weeks. This is a six-week study, and we've made it last for almost 13 weeks because we find a name we really want to dig a little deeper in. Um, but uh, Jehovah Raha is the Lord my shepherd. And we just uh, took Psalms 23 and just dug into it for three weeks. Um, and one thing that we did realize and, or things that we learned was, you know, when um, one of the songs we sing about uh, he leaves the 99 um, to go get the one. And that's what a shepherd will do. If a sheep is lost, he'll go out and he'll get that one sheep. The other thing that a shepherd will do is uh, sometimes if a sheep keeps on getting lost, keeps on getting away from uh, the group, he'll go out and he will gently break that sheep's leg. And um, he will do that so he can't run off anymore. And, you know, sometimes God will gently break our legs. <laughs> And uh, do some things. But the other thing he does is he puts that sheep around his neck. And he walks around with that sheep until that leg is healed with that sheep around his neck. And the reason why he does that, he wants the sheep to know who he is. He is the shepherd. He wants the sheep to know his smell. And he wants the sheep to stay close to him. And, um, and sometimes that's what the Lord does to us. And so... I think, you know, sometimes we say the Lord is my shepherd and we really don't know what that means. And just uh, being able to be discipled and, and to dig deeper into the word and, and know what those names mean um, is something special. The, uh, the other groups, we do have videos prepared for uh, all the other groups. We only have one testimony at the end. So if you'll draw your attention to the upcoming video. Our small group meets here at Day 3 Church in the youth room. Um, we meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30 um, where we have dinner before um, we start our Bible study. Our current study is Taking Responsibility for Your Life Because Nobody Else Will um, by Andy Stanley. And um, we've already completed Big Faith by Andy Stanley um, this past semester and so we're starting a new study by him now. Small groups for me um, have been a true blessing because they have put me in contact with other church members that I normally wouldn't be in contact with because there are two different services. So I'm meeting people from both services. I'm also meeting people um, who have children just like I do because on Tuesday nights there is childcare offered here at the church. Um, my daughter, she's eight and loves to come to small group every Tuesday and has actually been a little disappointed during the breaks when, between different book studies. Good morning, day three. I just want to share with you just a few moments about uh, life groups and uh, the life group I'm involved with on Sunday evening. 
Uh, it meets here at the church from 5.30 to 7.30, and uh, we have a really awesome group, and uh, it varies as far as the people who come and their age and life stage. Uh, we have people as young as uh, April and Jordan Wingler and people as old as Rick Little. So if you fall anywhere in between those, uh, you're welcome to come and uh, join us. Like I said, we meet on five, at 530 to 7.30 on Sunday evenings here at the church. And uh, currently we are uh, in a study entitled Taking Responsibility for Your Life. And uh, actually we'll be, we'll be doing the first chapter of that tonight uh, at a small group uh, tonight. Uh, our small group on Sunday nights is a little bit unique in that uh, we have child care provided here at the church uh, by a wonderful young lady, uh, Serena. And uh, who comes and helps with that and uh, who cares for the kids while they're here. Also, our life group provides the Sunday evening meal for the students as they meet uh, every Sunday evening here at the church as well. So we, we do a, a little bit of a ministry there and uh, in serving the students here at the church. Uh, I love a small group. I love hanging out with uh, uh, adults. I love teaching and I love uh, helping others take their next steps toward God. And uh, we'd love to have you come and be a part of our life group if you're not a part of one, uh, which you should be. But if you're not, we'd love to have you on a Sunday evening uh, join us at our life group. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. I'm John Marlar, and my wife Renee and I lead a life group on Wednesday nights at 6.30 at our house. The study is called Everyday Questions, and it's from Robbie Zacharias Ministries. And it's a uh, study on the questions that people ask and they don't even know they're asking about the faith, about Christ, and about Christianity in general. We meet as a group of Christians who truly have come to love each other. And we're like family. We eat together. We pray together. And interesting things happen in our study. This week we started into the study and we ended up spending most of the time talking about discipleship and how to attack uh, the area of lostness, number 84, here in our backyard. God leads us and we follow. So come and join us on Wednesday nights for our study group. Again, that's at our house in Hickory. If you need to know where that's at, just give us a call. Hey, day three. I wanted just to take a break from preparing for our staff retreat for this weekend to thank you guys for all your support and everything you do. Please pray for us as we are gone to the retreat and um, just pray that it was really productive. Of course, we've already been there for uh, two days now and finishing up the retreat at the time you're viewing this and we'll be coming back home soon. I also want to put a plug in for our life groups. I know you're hearing from various life groups today. I can't begin to stress to you how important it is to be part of a life group. So if you're not part of a life group, please find one. Or please at least dedicate yourself today, the next time we start a semester of life groups, that you'll get engaged and involved because I promise you it will help out your spiritual life. You guys have a great day. short is that okay can y'all hear me okay um so i have to admit um 
I'm a procrastinator, and so I didn't get my video in. But um, I think the Lord had a plan for me not to get my video in so I could come up here and share with y'all today. Um, So we have a life group. It meets at um, Jeff and my house um, at 6.15 on Mondays. And um, we focus a little differently than all the rest of them. Um, We have a focus um, age that we focus on, um, and that's 25 to 35-year-olds. We don't card, though, so y'all can come join us if you'd like. Um, But we really focus on that age group, and we have... um, Members that are um, single, married, couples, with kids, without kids. Um, we don't offer child care during that time, but um, if you need it, we can try to figure out how to work that out for you. Um, and this semester, we did a little, something a little different. Um, we used to all meet together, um, but this semester we've split out. And the guys have been doing a study called um, Risk by Kenny Luck. Um, and... We split out because um, we had, last summer, 106.9 did a um, study for anyone who wanted to. It was free, excuse me, free for them, uh, for anybody who wanted to. And it was um, through Laura's story, and it was If God Doesn't Fix It. And so that's what the girls have been focusing on um, this semester. And it's really brought all of us together really closely. And we've been able to talk and really dig into some of the um, challenges and struggles that we've been going through or have gone through over the past couple years. Um, And we just finished that study. And um, so now for the next four weeks, um, each of us are taking our life first and we're digging into our life first and sharing that with one another and what that means and and how we live through that verse. Um, But last Monday and... um, this is a story that had I done my video, I wouldn't be able to tell y'all. Um, but last um, Monday, we um, challenged each other to intentionally pray for a specific prayer that we had all brought to the group. Um, and these were very specific prayers. Um, it wasn't just, um, let me have a good week. It was very, it dug down to what our struggles were and what our challenges and what we wanted to see the Lord do. Um, and so each of us wrote down a specific prayer um, that we would like all the girls in our group um, to pray for. And I want to read a verse really quickly. So Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And as we were um, giving these prayers out, um, something really cool happened this week. Um, one of the girls' prayers completely was answered this week within four days. Um, which was really awesome. And she sent us a text and she said, that happened really fast. And we were like, yes, it did. Um, and then she, right after that, she sent us a brand new prayer request to start praying for her um, with that. And then um, for me, it was actually um, really exciting. And when I was called dad to tell him about these things that were happening, and I told him about us intentionally praying for each other, I knew that's what had happened. And um, I had been struggling the past six months, um, just a lot of where my life was going. And my prayer was for clarity and knowledge of the situations. And um, this week, I've received three different um, opportunities and things to think about that have begun to clear those up and to bring me some more knowledge about where I need to go. And so that was just four days that we saw all of these things starting happening with prayer and with our small group. And um, I just think it's awesome um, for the steps of faith that we'll take out, knowing that we have these individuals behind us praying for us. And that's what small group's about. And 1 John five fifteen says, come um, says, 
This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I think just this allows us to see the power of prayer and to see the power of the small group and what it means to have that group around you. So if you're not a part of a small group, um, I highly recommend one. Um, And I also um, would encourage you that if you're um, thinking about leading a small group but haven't taken that step of faith yet to do so, um, I don't know the Bible front to back, um, but I was willing to step out and start leading a small group. And just the changes that we've seen in our group of girls and guys has just been amazing. So if you're thinking about leading a small group, I'd really encourage you just to take that step of faith. Thank you, Britt. For those of you who haven't figured out, that's my daughter. Um, I do want to let you know, small groups are kind of on the backside. There's just a few weeks left uh, in in small groups, focus teams, life groups. (laughs) It's not too late to get involved. I I would encourage you to, to, matter of fact, I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you, if you're thinking about when you get the email from Brandy, to look at the email and say, okay, I think I'd be interested in it. It's it's a great opportunity. You're only committing for a couple of weeks. How awesome is that? But it'll give you a chance to kind of get an idea about what this is about so that when signups happen for the next semester, you, you, you can get immediately involved. So I just encourage you to do that. Uh, the next uh, section we're, we're going to share is really deals with those storms that we talked about, those winds and that storm that comes at you and how to deal with that. So uh, Mike is going to come up and share a little bit about Celebrate Recovery. How's everyone doing? Pretty good today? Well, I want to start off uh, for a minute uh, with a story about recycling. So have you ever been driving down the road and stop at a traffic light or walking down a sidewalk and you kind of look over and there's like a, I mean, and, and you could pick your own brand of soda, but you like look over and you see an old can of Diet Coke laying there like in the weeds or on the, the corner of the sidewalk and it's all dented up and old and, and, and kind of deteriorating and um, you know, years ago, before there was such efforts on recycling, that can would have just been tossed away, you know, just thrown in the trash, useless, right? Useless, not, not really good for much. But, you know, since recycling came about, now that can can be taken and, and made into something new, something shiny, something useful that we use every day. It can help somebody. And it, it's like, what God does for us when we're, when we feel like that can, you know, maybe we got into some things early in our life that just took us down. Maybe some, some sin, maybe some addiction, maybe some like depression, or it could be anything, any challenge that just drug us down. And we, we start feeling like that can, well, God's the ultimate recycler. I mean, he, he reaches down he can pick us up what, he, what his son did for us on the cross forgives us, forgave us for all these things that we did in our life. And he makes us shiny and new. Isn't that exciting? That's awesome. It just makes us shiny and new. Turns us into someone new. Turns us into something new that can be used. So if you're sitting here today and you feel kind of like one of these cans, maybe, there is an opportunity for you for discipleship. Don't feel like that you are too broken to be used by God. You're not. You're not. And that's, 
this program, Celebrate Recovery, is, is a program that, that gives us tools, teaches us every step of the way on how we can come from this old can crushed up on the side of the road up through asking Jesus in our hearts, asking for the strength to, to stay on roads to recovery and to be used in discipleship. So just real quick, uh, here's a couple of the books. We have eight participant guides that we work through. Uh, the first one is uh, called Stepping Out of Denial into God's Grace. The first step is you know, admitting we have these challenges, and, and then uh, we go through lessons like Powerless, like admitting to God that we do not have control over our lives. It is his, giving Jesus the wheel um, for our life. And then, of course, asking Jesus into our lives to help us on our road to recovery. And uh, just touch on like uh, book four, growing in Christ while helping others. So we're already on this road to recovery, and we're getting to a point where, okay, we can be used to disciple to people. And uh, then on book five, moving forward in God's grace, it's more about discipleship, growing in discipleship. And finally, into uh, book number eight, living out the message of Christ, more about discipleship. So really, that's what this, this whole Celebrate Recovery program is, you know, taking, taking us from this crumpled up can on the side of the road, recycling us and making us into something shiny and new to be useful again with the strength of Christ in our hearts. We meet every Friday, 630. Uh, we have a, a meal together in fellowship time. And at 7, we start our large group lesson. And uh, then we break into smaller groups of uh, men's and women's groups after that. I wanted to... I wanted to talk about this... Uh, well just say this verse that God laid on my heart uh, when this opportunity came up to tell you about this program. It's Romans 13, 11, 14. He tells us, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. That again, that's Romans 13. 1114 for anyone who wants to write that one down. I want to thank you for your time, uh, giving me this opportunity today. And uh, for every, everything that you guys in the congregation uh, have, have given of your time and, and, and of, of uh, your tithes and everything towards the program, it's really helping people. And it has been uh, for almost three years now in the Celebrate Recovery program. So thank you very much. And I want to leave you with this. We do not have to let our past define who we are and what we do now or in the future. Thank you.
I gave Lynn a hard time at first service because he didn't introduce me, but my husband would say I need no introduction, so there you go, right? (laughs) Smart man. My name is Sandy Taylor, and my ship is the women's ministry here at Day 3 Church, which has been such a blessing to me. Um, Coming out of Cairo's last September, I had just this heart that was aching to bring that community of women together like I had experienced inside a prison outside in this church. It's kind of funny to say I found that in prison, but I tell you what, I am looking forward to going back to prison in September. Have you ever heard that before? That's a new one, right? But I am truly looking back to going going back in there. We actually have four women that have signed up to go this year. Let's give them a hand. We only had two last year, so we've doubled that this year. So we have four going in. As I was kind of thinking and talking with my mentor, Miss Angie here, who has helped me so much, I encourage you, if you don't have a mentor, find one. Find somebody that can be that accountability partner, that person you can call, because let me tell you right now, my husband does not want to hear it, Mm -mm. so I can call Angie and complain about it, mainly, (laughs) and sometimes it's about him, sorry babe, but you know, we have our days, so... I was kind of thinking discipleship. What is discipleship? And I found a, a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Easy to remember. You have learned things from me, Timothy. And this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, now I want you to go and take that truth and entrust. And that word entrust really jumped out at me. And that means to personally deposit into the lives of other disciples and day three women's ministry has given ladies, are, are the ladies in this facility, in this community, the opportunity to do just that. Um, we meet every fourth Saturday. I say fourth Saturday because sometimes there's five, but every fourth Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. upstairs, we have breakfast, a small breakfast. We have Keurig, yummy coffee for those coffee lovers that are out there. And we, we just spend some time together talking about you, Wendy. You saw me look, didn't you? Just to laugh, to cry, to praise. We start with worship and prayer. We end in worship and prayer. And it's just a beautiful time that we have together. But there's one thing that personally depositing into each other's life takes from us. And me and my husband have talked about this. It's often the most valuable thing, especially for him. It's our time. Who has extra time on their hands? Same as first service. Nobody. Nobody has extra time on their hand. We value that time. But the only way that iron can sharpen iron is through that personal connection. You can't lay the sharpener beside the knife and say, sharpen. You have to touch them. You have to touch those people in your community. Women, we have a a, a very great advantage because people let their guards down around women, which is It's very handy when you want to talk to somebody. A smiling face can break a barrier. You have no idea. Just a simple smile. How are you doing today? I love you. God loves you. And just keep on walking. You don't even need a response. You just discipled to somebody in the simplest way you could. So that personal connection is so important. You've got to be able to sacrifice your time for God and his people. That is what we are called to do. Our great commission is to go and make disciples, to make disciples, to make disciples, to make disciples. That path there is going to grow the kingdom of God. 
Now, we know that that personal connection is vital, but the most important thing about our women's ministry, about day three church, and about discipleship is the truth in what? This right here. In the word. If we do not hold on to this word right here, and I'll tell you a funny story. I raised the Bible in first service and blew a light, so uh, that was kind of weird. This is, this is where we get our roadmap. This is where we find out how God has called women and men differently. This is where we find our hope, our peace, our mercy, answers to questions that you wouldn't think would be in this gibberish. But it is. You have to look, you have to search, and you have to find that. So each, each Saturday morning, we, we kind of focus on bonding together, building trustworthy relationships, exploring scripturally sound ways, not only for us to grow as individuals, for us to grow as a group, but for us to walk out into this number 84 pocket of loss and make a difference. Just to make a difference is all we have to do. And like I said, that's very easily done. Um, so far since December, right? December was our first meeting. Since December, these women have jumped at the call. I'll give you an example. We have uh, bereavement meals. Um, our pastors do funerals here. Our pastors were also taking care of feeding those families after their funerals. And I was kind of shocked that they were taking care of all of that. We'll give you an example. Uh, Joe Huggins and Debbie lost her mother a couple of weeks back. I got a message, hey, we need to provide food. I posted it on our Facebook page, and within two hours, everything was taken care of. And there were 10 women here to serve those people and to love on them in two hours, just with the 25 to 40 women that we have. It's so easy to get involved. All it takes is you giving up your time for someone else and not someone else for God. If you don't give up that time and give it to God, he is going to take it from you in one way or another. When he talked about the winds and the seas, you know, we talk about our, we were living this crazy life and we're coming into all these obstacles and all these road bumps, but that's because you're on the right path. There will not be road bumps in the path of life that the devil wants you on. He's going to make that easy. He's going to make it easy for you to miss these women's ministry meetings. He's going to say, hey, you're too busy to dedicate once one night a week, but you're not too busy to give one Saturday a month. One Saturday a month. We've had the opportunity to go to the Lenore Soup Kitchen. We will be going another two times this year. We spent an entire weekend, Friday and Saturday, just yesterday and the day before at Safe Harbor. Safe Harbor is a rescue and recovery center for women. We were able to go in on Friday. Four women went in and fed four ladies. And I'll tell you, we walked in expecting just to feed 20, 25 women and children, and we walked out with the heart of, of just the living spirit of God that was in that place. We were able to do a one-on-one discipleship with these women and pray for them individually. That was God. That was all God. We did not, we had prepared for more people than that was there, but we had the time to spend with these women. We walked out of there just beaming because those women are in such dark, dark places. If you know, they all live in a shelter. When they leave that place, they go to to the Salvation Army to sleep in a bunk to be let out at 7 o'clock the next morning. And two of these women had small children in that facility with them. 
Those people just need our love. I think Bill said it great. If they see that love and that realness in you, you can reach them. You can reach them, I promise. So with all of that said, our next meeting will be the 28th of this month. Miss Krista over here is going to bless us this month and talk to us about how important prayer is in just in your life, in your discipleship, in discipleship of others. Um, you will be paired up with your new pair partners this month. I kind of forced the ladies to uh, get to know each other. Um, we did this in the Kairos prison ministry. We paired each other up completely randomly. I think we did names of God, which was kind of funny. I didn't know y'all were doing that study. And whoever had the same name was prayer partners. These women are meeting new people every month because I don't do that. That is, that is not Sandy. That is not Angie. That is not our leadership team. That is God. I take little note cards. I shuffle them and I say, pick one. And God may not place you with a new person, but he's going to place you with somebody that you need to connect with. They may be going through the same thing you are. We invite youth age to the senior age. It does not matter. We're connecting all women in all stages of life to that one body of Christ because we are all different parts of that body. And as we come together stronger in his word, through personal connections, we can disciple and help this pocket of loss dissipate and touch this community. So if you guys have any questions about what the women's ministry is doing, you can see me after service. I'll be out front. We have some outreach opportunities that'll be coming up over the next few months. If you guys want to get involved, please, 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 please come see me. Ask all the questions you want. If I don't have an answer, I'll fake it. And, um, call you with the right answer later. So I love you guys. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to speak this morning and you guys have a great day. Thank you, Sandy. You know, these were just some of the opportunities you have that are highlighted. There are other things going on with our church. Uh, you know, I have a very small group of men that meet on Friday morning and Mark's got a group of guys I think that are meeting on Thursday uh, for lunch. So there's a lot of other things going on with that. I, to be honest with you, I was, I've been involved in church since day one. I was kind of blown away. I didn't realize that there were that much going on within our church. So you just have a, an opportunity to get plugged in to, uh, to disciple you, to make sure that you're prepared. Uh, as Stephanie comes forward to lead us in music, uh, I want you to be, to be thinking about what is God calling you to do? You know, you may be here and you may be thinking, I can't disciple because I don't even know who Jesus Christ is. I don't even have a relationship with Christ. If that's true, let us know. Come to one of these people that you saw up here. They can help you understand what that relationship's like. You, you may be thinking that, you know, I, 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 need, I need to get involved. I need to be better prepared so that when I meet that person, when God introduces me to a relationship, to a new relationship, whether it's at work, whether it's at your family, wherever it's at, so that I have the ability to be able to do what God's called me to do, and that is to disciple those. So as we have this next song, I would just encourage you, whatever God's calling you to do, to respond. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org.
Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.